0: Hey, good morning, everybody. Glad you're here. Let's stand up for worship. It's going to be a good day. Here we go.
1: Just bow at his feet. He has done great things. See what our Savior has done. See how his love I've overcome. Let's sing it out. no oh God, you have done great
2: You know, you guys, this week I've been reflecting on the verse in Jeremiah where the prophet prays and he says, Ah, Sovereign Lord, you who made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm, nothing is too difficult for you. And I've been reminding myself of the power of God and reminding myself that that same power that raised Jesus from the grave is alive in me. And if you're in Christ, it's alive in you too. So let's continue to remind ourselves and let our faith rise and the chains of bondage break off as we walk forward in the power of God this morning. Sing this with me, would you?
3: My past is erased because of the cross and hope writes my future because of your love and you have restored me for your glory, Lord, now I have a victory because you've overcome. And
1: blood came in like a tidal wave, hope oh, rushing in, running through my veins. Jesus, you're alive in me. Grace overflow like I've never known, my breathing is, is, is speaking to these bones. Jesus, you're alive in me. You're alive Amen. in me.
3: You. Breaking walls down. Oh, yes, you are.
1: Roar!
2: So sovereign Lord, we do remember that you did create the heavens and the earth by your great power and your outstretched arm, and nothing is too difficult for you. As we sing today and as we hear the message today, let our faith rise. Let it be built up within us to believe that you are the same God, that you do what you'll say you'll do, that we can trust you. We love you, Jesus, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. Welcome to Hopevale. We are so glad that you are here. It is a full house this morning. So, before you're seated, if you if you want to squeeze in, make some room for other people, and shake a couple hands around you and greet those around you today.
4: Well, good morning, Hopevale. Good morning, Hopevale. And happy 60th anniversary to our church. Yeah. You probably saw us out in the lobby kidnapping people and taking photos with that little photo frame that we have. If you would like to participate in our 60th anniversary this week, just stop by one of those spots after the service, take a picture. You can post it on your social media or we will be happy to do that on your behalf. Uh, we just want to honor God's faithfulness, um, and celebrate that together. My name is Paul. I'm one of the pastors here at Hopevale. And we thought what we might do to kind of kick off the 60th anniversary piece is a little crowd participation. So if I could have the house lights up just a bit. I need you to stand right now. If you have been regularly attending Hopevale since before this building opened, if you were a part of Hopevale back at the NOW Ministry Center on Shattuck Road. Stand up. Holy cow. That's like 10 years ago. Right. Okay. Stay standing if you've been a part of Hopevale for 15 years or more. Stay standing if you're 15 years or more. Okay, I'm gonna have to ratchet it up. 20 years or more. 25 years or more a part of this faith community here at Hopevale. Holy cow. 30 years or more at Hopevale. Look around. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) 35 years or more at Hopevale. Stay standing. Okay, 40 years or more at Hopevale, stay standing. Okay, 45 years or more as a part of this faith community, stay standing. Okay, now we're getting down to the final here. 50 years or more as part of Hopevale. Anyone? Cass, we're over here. 50 years or more. Billy, how old are you? Don't, you don't have to say. Um.
0: Wait, 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 wait. Okay. Well, welcome. We have to ask a couple of questions over here. Sir, sir, over this way. I'm over here. How are you doing? First of all, congratulations on that. what are your impressions for 60 years at Hopeville?
5: It's been an amazing, amazing growth with wonderful people. I've
0: been so proud to be part of it. Amen. Amen. One other question. Who's your favorite
4: elder? <laughs> Cass. Yeah. All right. There we Thank go. Thank you. All right. That's awesome. If you ever wonder why Hopeville is an amazing community to be a part of, that's a main part of the reason why, Right. God's faithfulness through his people over the long haul. Um, if you are new to Hopevale, maybe today's your first Sunday or you've been here for weeks instead of decades, right? You are also part of why this is an amazing community to be a part of. And it's a great day to be visiting Hopevale because after the service today, we would invite you, if you are unconnected or if you're new to Hopevale and would like to meet some staff, uh, you can head over to the hub, which is this building right off the lobby, over in that direction. After the service, we're going to be serving smoothies uh, and our staff will be there and would just love to meet you, answer questions that you might have about this uh, church and how you might get more connected. As the ushers come forward and prepare to receive our morning offering, uh, my last bit of announcement here is for those of you who are new, if you were handed a program when you came in today, I would love to ask you to tear off that bottom portion and fill that out. You can drop it in the offering plate. Or you can leave it at the welcome desk or over in the hub after the service today. Again, we're just, we're, we're praising God for both ends of that spectrum, right? Those who have been a part of this place for 50 plus years and those who are brand new and finding your way home here at Hopevale, let's pray. God, I just want to thank you uh, for your genius plan that is the church and the way you have faithfully over the years worked in and through the people of Hopevale over the years, over the decades um, to make a difference in the Great Lakes Bay region. Um, It's our privilege to be a part of this place, Lord, and it's our privilege to continue to worship you through the giving of our offerings. Um, We ask that you would receive them in the spirit in which we give them, which is out of gratitude and thankfulness for all that you're doing in and through this place and will continue to do thank you. We love you, Lord, and we pray in Christ's name. Amen.
0: Amen. Thanks, Paul. Hey, everybody. I'm Billy. I'm also one of the pastors here at Hopevale. Total pleasure. I've only been here two and a half years, so you don't need to clap. It's a (laughs) fine. So um, we're going to continue in worship, uh, and in this next song we sing, uh, it's called, Is He Worthy? big deal in all of scripture made out of the worthiness of Christ Jesus. There's a question asked in this song. Is there anyone worthy to break the seal and open the scroll? And for uh, maybe some of you who know your Bible really well and know the last book of the Bible and Revelation, maybe you know what that means. But maybe for some of us, uh, maybe we don't. And maybe it sounds like mythological Harry Potter talk. I don't know. But um, The Apostle John, one of Christ's 12 disciples, um, and described as the one whom Jesus loved, had a vision of heaven. He had a vision of the throne room, if you will. He recorded this in uh, the last book of the Bible called Revelation. There's a popular song we sing called Revelation Song that has the lyrics, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And uh, that's from Revelation 4 and 5, straight out of uh, that section as well. There's a lot of ascribing of worth, as I said before, to Jesus uh, in the book of Revelation. And I think one of the major highlights of the whole book is uh, worth and glory and honor and praise that uh, Jesus gets. So in this line um, about breaking the seal and opening the scroll, again, it comes from Revelation 5 where a big deal is made out of Jesus being the only one worthy uh, to break the seal and open the scroll, Uh, this book, if you will begs a question. What's in this thing? What's in the scroll? Why is he the only one worthy? Um, It's revealed in scripture and revelation that the contents of this scroll have to do with the salvation of Jesus, uh, the judgment of Jesus, his authority, his faith, the glory and power of Jesus, the sovereign deity of Jesus, big, thick, heavy stuff, right? So the big point is, is that Jesus is the one who died for you and me so that we could have eternal life with God the Father in heaven forever. And in heaven, John's vision, in John's revelation, if you will, a big deal was made out of Jesus being the only one who was worthy. So it was true in John's vision hundreds of years ago, and it's true today today that Christ Jesus is the only one worthy to receive the power and the wealth and the riches and the strength and the glory and the praise and the only one, only, only one uh, worthy to break the seal and open the scroll, as it says in Revelation. So I think the more we grow uh, with this understanding, the closer we get to God's heart uh, for us and for his people through Jesus. And so now I have some questions for you song.
6: Do you feel the world is broken? Do Do you feel the shadows deep? is anyone worthy is anyone home
1: is anyone able to break the seal and open the scroll the lion of Judah, who conquered the grave he is david's root and the lamb who died to ransom the slave
6: is he worthy is He worthy of all blessing and honor and glory? Is He worthy of this? Yeah. Does the Father truly love? Jesus our Messiah forever those he loves does our God intend to dwell again with us
1: he He does is anyone worthy is anyone whole is anyone able break the seal and open the scroll the lion of judah who conquered the grave he is david's root and the lamb who died to ransom the slave for every people and tribe every nation and tongue he has made us the kingdom of praise is he
6: worthy is he worthy
0: God, I can't help but think that heaven uh, blows up like that regularly. I can't help but think of that vision that John had in heaven uh, where uh, it says that um, the angels and the saints and the, those who've gone before us and creatures, they're laying down flat uh, prostrate uh, before you, and it says they never stop saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Forgive us when we grow weary of repetition. May we be caught up in moments more and more in our lives, God, where we recognize uh, you and your worth and your glory and your honor and your praise that you deserve. God, thank you for um, having moments where we can be caught up in who you are and the power of who you are. Thank you for a little tiny little 60 year blip in the moment of time for a place called Hope vale where you choose to bring people together on a Sunday and have people um, learn more about you and meet some other friends who can help them walk in you. So uh, bless us, we pray, as we're gathered this day in your name, we all say together. Amen. Praise the Lord. Come on. Yeah. God bless you. Have a seat.
5: Good morning, Hopewell. What a morning it has been. I'm Dan Davis, uh, senior pastor here at Hopewell. It is so good to share this day of worship with you. want to say hello, Bay City, as well. Great to have you on board. So good to spend last Sunday with you. Love what God is doing up there. Well, as you have heard, this week is a very special time in the life of our church because this Friday... September 13th marks our 60th anniversary as a church. We are turning 60. Isn't that great? Yeah. And I got to tell you, standing up here looking out at you, I would swear you're not a day over 55, so you wear that 60 well. Seriously, though, this is a great occasion for us as a church, and it's worth it for us here today in 2019 to mark this moment and to reflect upon the journey that God has taken this church family on for the last six decades, ever since that very first worship service back on Sunday, September 13th, 1959. See, whether you've been here for five decades, five years, five months, five weeks, or this is your very first Sunday with us, I know that you learning more about our story is going to bless you today It really is, because in the end, it's not a story about us. No, it's a story about the one true God that we worship and his forever faithful character. And even as I speak of God's faithful character, my mind races to these wonderful words of praise that are recorded in the Psalms. That in Psalm 115, verse 1, a wonderful perspective for a milestone like this, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and your faithfulness. See what we're doing today? Why we come Sunday by Sunday, it's not about us. No, it's about God. It's all about God. It's about his love. It's about his faithfulness. It's about his glory. And so even today, as we take a look back at our history, my prayer for every single one of us is that our hearts would be encouraged in knowing that the same God we see in Scripture, the same loving Father who gave us his Son, Jesus Christ, the same faithful Lord who led our church forefathers to begin this kingdom work called Hopewell Church, that he is the exact same God today, the God who is with you, the God who is for you. And that he can, that he will see you through whatever challenge, whatever obstacle you might be facing in your life right now. He's worthy, not to us, O oh Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and faithfulness. So having said all that, I want to take you back in time, way back, six decades ago, The year is 1959, and America is continuing to enjoy its post-war prosperity under the presidential leadership of Dwight D. Eisenhower, who is beginning to wind down his second term. 1959, when average house would cost you $18,500, a car $2,200, and a gallon of gas, 30 cents. And as you're running errands in that car... A loaf of bread would cost you 20 cents, a gallon of milk, one dollar, and a postage stamp, four cents. Do you know what a postage stamp is, some of you? Yeah, okay. 1959, the year that our nation went from 48 states to 50 states with the addition of Alaska and Hawaii. Topping the box office in 1959, Ben-Hur with Charlton Heston, and Disney's Sleeping Beauty. It was in 1959 in New York City when a relatively unknown company named Xerox introduced the first successful plain paper copier. By the way, they also introduced that same day a frustration that would plague people like us for decades, right? (laughs) The paper jam, yes. 1959 in New York City as well. The annual Toy Fair, a woman named Ruth Handler unveiled a new doll that she named after her daughter Barbara, or Barbie for short. And then how about this, in 1959, the one billionth can of Spam was sold. (laughs) A billion cans of Spam, how they counted that, I have no idea. Well, closer to home in 1959, Michiganders are a couple years into enjoying the state's greatest accomplishment that decade. Do you know what it was? The completion of the Mackinac Bridge, right? Just a couple years earlier, finally connecting the Upers and the Trolls together. In 1959, a young Detroit Tigers star Al Kaline hit a home run in the All-Star Game, while the Detroit Lions are on their way to finishing second, to last in the league with a three, (laughs) eight, and one record. Some things never change, people. (laughs) Meanwhile, right in our own backyard in 1959, Saginaw is this booming industrial area. With a growing city population nearing 100,000 people, some Saginaw residents began moving westward. And so over the course of the 1950s, the population of Saginaw Township tripled from 5,000 to 15,000 people. And as part of that movement back in 1959, a group of members from a downtown Saginaw church called Michigan Avenue Baptist Church, that's the one right next to the county courthouse, they began praying and dreaming about establishing a dynamic witness for Jesus Christ in the, quote, rapidly growing northwest area of Saginaw Township. This original group of 12 people, six couples, explored possible locations, looking to buy and build in the vicinity of the Saginaw Township Hall at Center in Shattuck. And so in that following year, in 1958, there was a breakthrough. An agreement was reached with Howard and Norris Mannion for a four-acre tract of land at 5360 Shattuck Road, which included an old farmhouse situated on that Property and months later, in May 15th of 1958, this original core group, with the assistance of some outsiders, purchased that land for a total of $15,000. The next year, in 1959, this core group of members regularly met in homes on Thursday evenings for months under the direction of interim pastor Reverend Merwood Guy, who was also serving at a local church in the time, and the church to be laid out a series of goals, one of which was to hold their very first public worship service before year end, and so they identified a date, and they identified a place. It would be Sunday, September 13, 1959, at McBride School in Saginaw Township on Weineke Road. It was also in 1959 that this new church landed on its name. It would be called Hopevale Memorial Baptist Church in honor of the 11 American missionaries and one child who were martyred in the Philippines during World War II by Japanese soldiers on December 20th, 1943. The place where these missionaries were discovered and eventually executed was a mountain hideaway called Valley or Valley of Hope because it served for them as a safe haven in the midst of great fear and uncertainty. And so if you're newer to our church and you wondered where our name came from, that's our origin, this jungle location halfway around the world. You know, I truly believe that it is an honor for us to have the Hopevale name and this incredible heritage. Why? Because it is a constant reminder for us today that all of us as Christians are called to live lives, sacrificial lives, for the cause of Christ, just as they did. And we're to do it in our own way and in our own generation. That's the name. Now back to 1959. With their goals in place, the church made plans for its very first worship service. And in 1959, by the way, this is my favorite picture from those original days, of five members and assisting clergy gathered in the field that would eventually be the first location for the physical church. But you can see on the sign in the the right-hand corner, proclaiming the service at 9.30 at McBride School on Sunday, September 13, 1959. That same parcel of property, right? So what do we know about that very first service? Well, there were 50 people total in attendance there. By the way, those weren't all core members. No, there were guests and dignitaries, so to speak, that the Dr. Reverend Dr. Arthur Farrell, the executive secretary of the Michigan Baptist Convention, brought words of welcome. Reverend John Barker, the director of church extension, preached the sermon that day. We also know there was a congregational singing without fog machines that Miss Anita Say (laughs) sang a special musical solo accompanied by Miss Frances Kroll. Three guest pastors from other area churches also came that day, and as a matter of fact, the reason the service was held at 9:30 was to allow these guest pastors enough time to get back to their own churches for the 11 o'clock service that morning. How about that? So there's our story. There's the context of what we're celebrating and remembering this day. 60 years later, here we are. From the very first worship service held by this church on Sunday, September 13th, 1959, at McBride School in Saginaw Township, this is the time when God turned a vision into a kingdom reality. Now, some of you know, I've been a pastor here at hopewell since 1996, or as I like to say, year 23 of my five-year plan, right? It's true, Kathy and I thought we'd be here for a season and then move on, but as the wise old saying goes, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans, right? Well, I'm living proof of that, but you know what? I'm also living proof that the plans that God has for our lives are so much bigger and they're so much better than we could ever imagine. You know, I cannot even begin to express to you what a joy and privilege it is to take this journey with you, a journey, by the way, that none of us were a part of when they started six decades ago. But it is a journey that some of you took a decade ago when we celebrated 50 years back in 2009 on that same Shattuck Road property we saw earlier, where those first charter members prayed and dreamed and eventually worshipped just a few years after they started. And the reason I bring up 2009 is because even if we just look at the last 10 years of our church, it is incredible to see this faithful God at work that we're talking about showing up for us in amazing ways. Since 2009, we moved into our Saginaw Worship Center right here at Center in Tittabawassee. We launched a second church location in Bay City, worshiping at John Glenn High School in Bangor Township. We started our Over and Above Christmas Outreach offering with you giving over $1 million to kingdom causes outside the four walls of our church, both locally and globally. And then even beyond that in these last 10 years, We have seen numerous commitments of life change in Jesus Christ, of lasting spiritual significance happen here, including dozens of people of all ages publicly professing their faith in Jesus Christ through believer's baptism. See, chances are that if you have started coming here within the last 10 years, you are one of those who has been impacted by the ministry of this church, a church that started 60 years ago with just a handful of people. I mean, I wish. Wouldn't it be great if we could time travel back to Sunday, September 13th, 1959? If we could walk into that very first worship service at McBride School and to somehow show them what God is doing today in and through the ministry of Hopewell Church all throughout the Great Lakes Bay region to tell those 50 people gathered. I mean, 50 people, think about that. We've got way more than that in the Saginaw Campus nursery right now, right? We've got way more than that worshiping in Bay City today. We've got way more than that gathering tonight for student ministries, right? I mean, if they could see all that, it would just blow their minds. But that's not us, right? That's God. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and your faithfulness. Now, if you've been encouraged by hearing these God stories from our past, then you are in really good company. You are, because what we've been doing here this morning is just a continuation of this pattern we see of God's people reflecting upon the Lord's faithfulness. Something we see modeled all throughout the Bible, both the Old and the New Testaments. And there's one occasion in particular that I want us to look at for the rest of our time together, because it reminds us, right? that you and I, we are part of a much bigger story. The passage is found towards the front of the Bible in the Old Testament book of Joshua, chapter three and chapter four, where there's this very pivotal moment in the history of God's people. Now, we'll take a look at that passage in a moment. Before we do, let's set the context, right? It's somewhere between 1300 and 1400 B.C., just a few decades earlier under the leadership of Moses that the Israelites had experienced this miraculous deliverance from the bondage of Egypt that followed ten terrible plagues that Pharaoh refused, right? That happened because Pharaoh refused the Lord's edict to let God's people go. And yet even on the heels of this liberation, even after another miraculous rescue, the parting of the Red Sea. The people rebelled against God, and so as a punishment for their disobedience, they wandered through the desert wilderness for 40 years. They lost the blessing of personally entering into the promised land. But after that generation had passed away, and Moses in his old age handed the baton of leadership to his younger protege, Joshua, there was one last obstacle for God's people to overcome before they could enter the promised land. And that obstacle was crossing the Jordan River. Now, the Jordan River was nowhere as big as the Red Sea, but it was quite formidable in its own right, especially when you think of hundreds of thousands of people having to cross over, including the very young, the very old, scores of animals, and literally tons of possessions. In other words, they themselves would need another miracle in their own generation. For all that to happen a generation that was either too young or not around at all to vividly remember the red sea miracle and yet god who is always faithful to his people and to his promises in his own way and in his own timing shows up again he shows up again joshua chapter 3 verse 15 says this now the jordan is at the flood stage right god loves the drama so it's not just at the low stage it's at the flood stage even higher all during harvest, yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap, a great distance away, while the water flowing down to the Sea of Arabah, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off, so the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan, and stood on dry ground. Same expression we read about the Red Sea crossing. Well, all Israel passed by until the whole nation, all hundred thousands of them, had completed the crossing on dry ground. Sure, this generation had heard about the amazing parting of the Red Sea and that miracle from their ancestors. But now they got to experience a miracle in their own Right? One that would fortify their own faith in the Lord. I mean, they were there. They saw it with their own eyes. They even felt it with their own feet as they stood and walked across dry ground. Well, after you go through something like that, how do you keep the memory alive? And when I say the memory, I'm not just talking about up here in your head. I'm also talking about in here, in your heart, where it makes a difference in how you can trust God for your future. Well, God had a plan for that, too. Joshua chapter 4 tells us that the Lord told Joshua to command these 12 priests, right? These 12 priests who were standing right in the middle of the Jordan River to take a stone of significant size and to carry those stones upon their shoulders into the promised land and to pile them up where they would be camping that night, And so they did. Joshua goes on to tell us that these 12 priests, these 12 priests each represented a tribe of Israel, in other words, an extended family, a clan, your own people, right? And they created this impromptu monument with these 12 stones of remembrance. 12 stones of remembrance, creating this monument that would literally last for centuries. But that's not even the best part of the story. No, look at this last part of Joshua chapter 4, verse 21. He, Joshua, said to the Israelites, in the future... Okay, When your descendants ask your parents, what do these stones mean, tell them Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. So picture it, right? Hey, Grandpa, what's with the stones, right? Well, son, or Sunny boy, I guess, right? I got a story for you. Verse 23. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. In other words, this is a reminder for you and your descendants that the Lord your God is just as real, just as alive, just as mighty as he has been before. So yes, he's going to show up in different ways. He's going to show up in different times. Might not be as jaw-dropping as the miracles he did for his people in the past, but you know what? He can, and he still will. Do what you need when you need it. See, the fact is, this generation, they didn't need a Red Sea miracle. No, they needed a Jordan River miracle. God came through for them, which, by the way, is still how he works for us today. Different era, same God. The same God who, by the way, provided for all our needs as a church a decade ago, when we launched into this multi-million dollar relocation project, by far the biggest in our church's history, only later to find ourselves smack dab in the middle of the deepest recession since the Great Depression, right? So trust me, it wasn't our own ingenuity that got us to the other side, right? No, it was the Lord our God who did it, working through the sacrificial generosity of people like you. It was him. It's always him. Always. Now verse 24, here's the best part. He, God, did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear, you might always worship the Lord your God. See, this miracle, like all the miracles God does, has two audiences. Two audiences, a watching world and a worshipful people. God did this for a watching world and a worshipful people, that everyone on the face of this earth would know that there was no one like our God, unrivaled, unmatched in all his power, in all his glory. And then second, that we, his people, would reverently fear, would worship the Lord our God always, Joshua says, Always, every hour of our week, every area of our lives, that we would reflect a heart of worship before the Lord. Why? Because not to us, O Lord. Not to us, but to your name be the glory, because of your love and faithfulness. They built a monument to the Lord's faithfulness so that they would always remember, always trust, always hope, always persevere. And it is for that exact same reason why we're doing what we're doing today. So we celebrate 60 years of God's faithfulness to this local church called Hope Valley. See, whether it's us marking a church anniversary or it's you personally recalling a time when God showed up big time in your life, there is huge value, huge value in looking back like this. There really is. But you've got to understand that the value is so much more than just nostalgia, it's so much more than sentimentality. It's so much more than reminiscing about the good old days. No, listen, we look back so that we can move ahead. We look back so that we can move ahead. Listen, this is what I want you to take away from today. Celebrate God's faithfulness in your past so that you can be faith-filled for your future. Celebrate God's God's faithfulness in your past so that you can be faith-filled for your future. That's why we're doing what we're doing today. That's why they piled up those 12 stones and that's why we tell our stories so that we will be reminded again and again and again that our God is faithful, that he can be trusted and that our God must still be worshiped so that you might always reverently fear, that you might always wholeheartedly obey the Lord your God. Celebrate God's faithfulness in your past so that you will be faith-filled for your future. And so as we as a church head into this next decade, or even just into this next ministry year, that in the face of the future, the future of fear, the future with all its uncertainty, what is it that God is asking us that we trust him for as a church? What are we supposed to trust him for? What is our next big step of faith? We look back so we can move ahead. And then the same holds true for each one of us personally. That maybe in your life right now, you are staring at your own Red Sea, your own Jordan River. Right in the face, it is scary, it is massive, it is intimidating, and you have no idea how you're gonna make it through to the other side. Comes in all shapes and sizes. Matters of faith, matters of family, matters of finances. Matters of friendship, matters of forgiveness, matters of fitness and health, right? You name it. And any one of these life issues can take us down. They really can. So there you are. You're fixating on this challenge. You're trying to figure out on your own how you're going to conquer it. But every time you do that, it's only going to lead you to more fear, more worry, and more anxiety. But listen, instead of looking right at the challenge so that you, you know, look back. Look back so that you can move ahead. Celebrate God's faithfulness in your past so that you will be faith-filled for your future. Well, there's one more look at Scripture I want us to take, and then we'll begin to wrap up. Because you know as encouraging as the Jordan River crossing miracle is from 3,400 years ago, since then, God has given us something even more empowering and more inspiring as a church. Listen. Listen. As Christians, our greatest strength comes not from 12 stones piled up, but rather from one stone rolled away, right? Not 12 stones piled up, but one stone rolled away, one stone rolled away from the tomb of Jesus Christ three days after his death by crucifixion on the cross of Calvary. See, for the Israelites, their miracle was crossing over from the wilderness to the promised land, but for us, the miracle of the resurrection means crossing over from death to life, from hell to heaven from judgment to forgiveness, from condemnation to acceptance. That for those of us who know Jesus personally as our Savior, who follow him fully as our Lord, we look back to this ultimate demonstration of God's faithfulness, to a crucified Savior, to a risen Lord, so that we will be faith-filled for our future. After all, if God is for us, who can be against us? And so even if you are struggling to come up with your own version of a Jordan River crossing miracle from your past, God has given you more than you will ever need in his Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, the one who did everything he said he would, and so much more. He is worthy. I love this verse. It's a powerful and hope-filled reminder from Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. So let us hold unswervingly, unflinchingly to the hope we profess, the hope we profess in Jesus Christ. For he, God, who promised, is faithful. God is faithful to his people. God is faithful to his promises. And the resurrection reminds us that God is faithful now, always, and forever. And so for those of us who know and follow and worship Jesus Christ, my encouragement to you is this today reclaim the hope that you have in Jesus reclaim it look back to the empty tomb so that you can hold on with hope and move ahead with faith into your future reclaim it now I realize some of you here may know about Jesus but you don't know him personally in other words you have the facts but you don't have the faith right you don't have the trust you don't have the commitment you don't have the surrender You know, when I think back to the past 60 years of this church, there have been scores of people who have moved from knowing about Jesus as a Savior to trusting in Jesus personally to be their Savior. You know, wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great if you, on the occasion of our 60th anniversary, if you added your name to that list? If you crossed over from spiritual death to eternal life by trusting in Jesus Christ as your Savior? Trusting in the one who died on the cross in your place for your sins because he loves you more than you could ever imagine? The one who rose from the dead to prove he was and is who he says he is? Invite you today from your heart in this service to trust fully in Jesus, to be your savior. Or maybe there are some of you here who don't feel like you know enough about Jesus yet to make such a commitment but you want to find out more well you need to know we're glad you're here I mean we really are because our prayer for Hope is that we would always be a safe place a safe place where people like you can find out more a safe place that is free of false guilt a place that is free of smug judgment a place that is free of deceptive manipulation right that's not us that Hopeville would be a safe place, but you know what? That Hopefell will be also a challenging place. Because as you discover more about the only Son of God, Jesus, from the only Word of God, the Bible, the Spirit of God is going to stir things up in your soul like never before. He will, which, by the way, is a really good thing. And we want to help you on that journey. Because us, walking alongside, searching people like you, that's another part of our 60-year heritage As a matter of fact, it's what those 11 American missionaries did on the other side of the world. That's why they were there, to help people in that journey to know who Jesus is. So happy anniversary, Hope Bell. Congratulations on 60 wonderful years. One more story from back in the day, and then I'll close. Back in 1963, when the time came for the church to move out of McBride School and to construct our first ever building, here's a picture of that building. The church held a stewardship campaign to raise funds. And so in 1963 they set a victory goal of $25,000, a challenge goal of $30,000. 39 member families of that church broke both goals and pledging a total of $35,251. Now, that may not sound like a lot of money to us today, but remember this is 58 years ago. This is back when the average American salary was less than Um, $5,000 a year. And the church was just a fraction of our size today. They took a step of faith. That's commitment. That's sacrifice. And while those roots make for a wonderful story, you know, the best part for me was going through our archives. And it was reading through the stated purposes for that first building campaign and what led them to Take such an endeavor in the first place. This is so cool. Here are three reasons. First, to bring the lost to a personal knowledge of Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord and to assist them to live a fruitful Christian life. Second, to provide a church home where you will have a rich experience of worship, where you will have sincere fellowship with others who are seeking to grow closer to God and a vital, well-rounded ministry which will meet the needs of every member of your family. And then third... To serve the community. To serve the community and to do our share in raising its spiritual level. Isn't that great? And you know what? We are the fruit of that. You are the fruit of that. For some of you, Hopewell is the place where you encounter genuine saving faith in Jesus. That Hopewell has been the church where you have grown as a fruitful Christian. The place where you've experienced rich worship like you have today. And the sincere fellowship with other believers. And then when I read that last line about a desire to serve the community, I, I can't help but think about Pastor Adam's Sense series this past month. And that one August Sunday in particular, when hundreds of us left the four walls of this church to serve our community in the name of Jesus. It's incredible. That what they wished for, what they dreamed for, what they prayed for, what they worked for, what they gave towards, it happened. It happened. It happened. And it all started 60 years ago with just 12 core members. 12, just like Jesus took 12 of his disciples and started the big C, Church of Jesus Christ. Listen, don't ever underestimate God. What he can do in you and what he can do through you, that's true for each one of us personally. It's also true for us collectively as a church because if this is what our God can do through Hopevale, in the first 60 years, then I can't wait for us to see what He's going to do in the next 60 years. Amen. Amen. Not to us, O oh Lord, not to us, but to your name, be the glory, because of your love and faithfulness. Let's pray together. God in our worship today, we've got a glimpse of eternity. And in the message today, we got a glimpse of history. But here we are in this moment. And the Lord who is the beginning, the end, the alpha, the omega, the holy eternal one, you are meeting us right here and right now. And God, we cannot help but respond Humbly and gratefully. With praise on our lips. With gratitude in our hearts. Proclaiming with the psalmist, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name. Be the glory because of your love and faithfulness. That's our story. That's our song. And God, thank you that you are still this same faithful God. You're the Red Sea God. You're the Jordan River God. You're the empty tomb God. You're the... Hope, veil history, God, and you are the God of the here and now in our lives. So would you strengthen the weary hearted? Would you give courage to the fearful? And God, may we look back so that we can move ahead. Today, we celebrate your faithfulness in the past to your people, to your promises, so that we, Lord, to glorify you will be faith-filled for our future. Jesus, thank you that you are with us. Thank you that you are for us. Thank you that you are wooing some today to cross the line of faith and to know you as Savior. And for other, others of us, Lord, you are just rekindling our love for you as we give you all the praise and worship and glory and honor that you and you alone deserve. God, you are the one who has done it. And we believe that you can and that you will do it again. We pray in the victorious name of Jesus Christ, amen. Let's go ahead and stand and respond in worship together.
2: So Psalm 115 starts with not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and faithfulness. But it ends by saying, The highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to mankind. It is not the dead who praise the Lord, those who go down to the place of silence. It is we who extol the Lord, both now and forevermore. Praise the Lord. It is good for us to praise the Lord because of what he's done. It builds our faith and fills us with a certain kind of resolve that really what he has done before he will do again.
6: But by now they fall. But you have never failed me yet. Waiting for change to come, knowing the battles won. For you have never.
5: Everybody said, amen. amen. We worship, we serve a faithful God. Uh, this has been a great morning. I want to encourage you to hang around, take pictures in the lobby as we celebrate 60 years. Again, if you're new, join us in the hub for Smoothies with the staff. Next week, I'll be beginning a new series simply entitled Life with a capital L. But as you leave from here, may you go encouraged knowing that our God will be faithful to you now always and forever. God bless you.